Welcome to the third episode of the Bumcast. I am your host, HBIC, the head bum in charge. And I am joined today, as always, by my esteemed colleagues, Baloney and the original Southside bum, Johnny. So, guys, we uh, we have an emergency podcast today. Um, if people haven't uh, been on the Twitter machine for the past 24 hours, about, you know, a whole day ago, Yesterday, news broke that uh, our esteemed new manager of the Chicago White Sox, Tony La Russa, got arrested for a DUI back in February, and this came out. He was arrested a day before he got signed with the White Sox. Now, before I let you guys chime in on everything here, I kind of want to go on a little rant because I have been seething for the entire day about this situation. And as anyone who's followed uh, our, the, the Chicago sports bums on Twitter knows that I, this morning I was, a, I was pretty pissed off when I found out that the, the reports came out that the Sox knew about this. Um, this as you guys know from the, the first podcast that we did, I was not on board with the La Russa signing. And even more so now, I can say that this was by far one of the biggest mistakes that any Reinsdorf organization has has made. Besides maybe letting go, you know, Jordan Pippen and all that. Let's let's take the Bulls out of the equation. But, you know, out of out of the White Sox, this is, has to be one of his biggest blunders because not only did Ryan Zor, Uncle Jerry go and basically tell Rick Hahn, you know, fuck you, you're not gonna hire who you're gonna who you want. I'm gonna tell you who you're gonna hire. He basically said either one of two things happened that either A, he doesn't care about his manager getting a DUI, or that they think that none of us were going to find out about this, that this was just going to be buried and it was going to be swept under the rug. Media is not going to find out about this shit. But, you know, Jeff Passan, who people are calling him a Jerry and, uh, you know, a Jerry hater and, uh, you know, Tony La Russa hater. If he is, if he isn't, I don't know. But he's been doing a great job on breaking this news. And this is typical of the White Sox where they take two steps forward, one step back. Everyone's been saying this. They finally have a great young core. And one of the things that everyone said was, is this La Russa signing because of his age, because of his past comments, whether you agree with them or not, is this going to hinder free agency? And the fact is now we have seen that it is going to actually hinder White Sox free agency. You had Marcus Stroman all day on Twitter, who was the Sox top target this year. And I say that because there's no chance in hell that Uncle Jerry's gonna pony up $25, $30 million a year for Trevor Bauer. This is this is just like last year with the Sox, all the Sox fans and media were saying go for Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole's best pitcher on the market. No one knew anyone with a sense of reasonability would was gonna know that 
Garrett Cole's not coming to the Sox. It's just it's not happening. He's not get Jerry's not going to pony up that contract, pony up that money. And the same thing's going to go true for for Trevor Bauer. He's not going to pony up 25, 30 million dollars a year, six, seven years if if that's what Bauer is looking for. So it's going to be just like last season where the Sox went for Zach Wheeler, didn't get it, ultimately landed Dallas. You know, so Marcus Stroman was that that guy that they should have been targeting from the beginning because he's more in their price range. He's more fits the team aspect with Timmy and Makata and Eloy that that just that, that great fun to play personality wise. And now he basically said, "Fuck Larusa, I'm there's no amount of money you can pay me to come to the Sox. I prefer peace of mind." And that was a direct response to a question that a fan asked him how much money it would take for him to come with the Sox. So now we already know that La Russa's hiring is hindering free agent signings. So, and, and Bauer, be it as is made that he has a kind of a, you know, whether you like him or not on his personality on Twitter, he does a lot of good with his charity work and in the community. So I, I got to imagine that, you know, working for a coach or manager that, you know, popped a couple DUIs, and then Bragg, you know, like try to, I shouldn't say Bragg, but try to use his Hall of Fame credentials to get out of it is is not going to be, you know, a is it now it's turning into a deterrent for signing free agents. You know, maybe we maybe George Springer signs for money, maybe Bauer takes money, but this has proven that now he is a distraction. Now he is becoming what Ozzy was in the last few years of his, of his, when he was manager of the Sox with his constant battle with Kenny Williams and his comments that he made, you know, cause now the media is not going to let up on La Russa. It's going to be every question and every press is going to be about his DUI and the police report that came out today. So this is just typical Jerry cronyism at its finest because everybody knows that Jerry's loyal to a fault. And it just pisses me the hell off that he had to go and take everything that Rick Hahn built, everything that he spent the last four plus years building, and basically just said, fuck you, I'm, you're going to hire my guy, and I don't care that he got charged with the DUI. I'm just going to – I want him. Because the uh, A.J. Hinch and Alex Cora, they cheated baseball, but apparently that – crime which is victimless in a certain extent is more egregious to jerry than fucking a dui and the image and the fucking media coverage that it brings on your team it's just it's that same thing over and over again and everyone saw the quotes that you know jerry wants his number two team he always wants his team in second place that if you're second place, you know, you're going to have your fans coming to the stadium, but it's not going to be enough to win. And it'll just keep on coming back to more. And it just seems that, like, Jerry is trying to hinder this team from taking that next step. And I'm just so sick of it that I think Rick Hahn needs to go hire – or, I'm sorry, go fire Larusa and just take the consequences that come with it. Just go fire him. I mean, does Jerry decide off in it? I don't know, probably, but I would just go and fire him anyways. Just to put it out there and saying, I don't want him. This is not what we want. This is not the distraction we want. But this is just typical 
Jerry at his worst. I'm over it. I'm done. He needs to sell the team. You know, the Mets were such a laughing stock, and now their owner comes out today and has a press conference of question, how how hands-on are you going to be in day-to-day operations of your team? And he basically says, you know, I played one game of Little League Baseball. So he's going to let his people run the team. Jerry needs to do that. And I'm so adamantly sick of how he does not give a fuck about White Sox fans. And it's just whatever he does, he doesn't care. He doesn't care what you think, because if he cared what you think, he would care what you thought, he wouldn't have hired La Russa because this, this La Russa rumor has been out for a couple weeks and before they hired him. And despite all the pushback from both fans and media, how no one wanted this hire, even the players, Tim Anderson, Strowman saying, eh, not so sure about this. He basically said, fuck you to everyone. I'm going to be, I'm going to hire my guy because I regret firing him. I'm going to make things right. And by doing so, he made things a hundred fucking times worse. And I mean, yeah, it's, uh, we can't have nice things, right? That's the whole thing about being a White Sox fan at this point. It's like, we can't have nice things. As soon as we get a little taste of success, a little bit things going our way, we take, like you said, one step forward, two steps backwards. And at this point, I don't care about the whole, I mean, it's the optics of the, of the whole thing, you know? It's all, at this point, it's getting embarrassing to be a White Sox. Like, how do you defend this? You can't defend this to the national media, right? There's there's no defense whatsoever. And it's, it's, it's a, you know, one of the most, egregious takes I saw today about the whole situation was from resident Chicago douchebag Mike North who who said in his tweet that back in 85 Ditka got popped for a DUI after winning, after beating San Francisco and he went on to go win a, a Super Bowl so I, how are you comparing that to the Whites like you're, you're saying that because Ditka won a Super Bowl after getting a DUI that it's all going to it's going to be all okay because, you know, LaRusa is manager and he won World Series before. Like, that is the that is just justifying that is so asinine that he and he was getting ratio the fuck out of out of his out of his comment on that. And it was it was I can't it wasn't actual Mike North tweet. It was a reply to someone else's tweet, but basically comparing Ditka winning a Super Bowl after his DUI to LaRusa was just one of the worst takes I saw about this whole situation. All right. So, I mean, it was 11 days ago, 11 days ago, we went on a podcast and you were obviously pissed off as you typically tend to be on Twitter. I was somewhere in the middle and Johnny was the one talking us off the ledge saying, uh, we got to give him a chance and we don't know what's going to happen. You at least got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Johnny, what do you think now? Well, uh, I mean, so I text you guys in the afternoon when I kept on seeing more and more of the stuff coming out. And, you know, I, I obviously, you know, in that first one, that first podcast, you know, you know, like how you mentioned, like I was telling, you know, just got to relax, give this guy a chance. And, you know, the more and more I was like thinking about it the, the whole day, obviously, you know, I mean, this is not, a, this is not a good look for the White Sox organization. Like right now, it's just like, we're just a big laugh, laughing stock. 
And obviously, you know, with the stuff what you know what Strowman was putting out as far as free agency, you know, just it, it, a, a lot of stuff was going through my mind about this whole thing. And I was talking to other people after I was, you know, texting you guys and just kind of just kind of taking everything in about this. The whole DUI thing, because, I mean, somebody who personally has been through something like this before, um, I've, I've gotten chances in my life. And, I, you know, and, and obviously it's, it's hard to anybody to just kind of like take all this stuff in because, you know, obviously, you know, DUI is it's, it's a serious, you know, you know, thing that, you know, when, when somebody does that, I mean, you could kill somebody. I mean, it's, it's a big, it's a big deal. And, and, you know, this stuff that happened back in February. So I'm, I'm just trying to figure this out because uh, I'm trying to hopefully get the story right. So he, this happened in February in Arizona and it, he got charged in uh, October. Is that correct? Yeah, he got, he got charged a day before he got hired with the White Sox. For the Sox. Apparently right. there, all right, all right. I just want to make sure yeah. I got my story. Apparently, apparently there was a big yeah. okay. backlog with the courts and COVID and all that shit. Okay. So um, I know how the whole process goes and all that. You know, I, I you know, it, it's the worst feeling in the world. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he had that in the back of his mind, you know, obviously. And, and, and second one, you know, this is the second one. So obviously, you know, he had that in the back of his mind that he messed up. You know, it's it's not something that, you know, anybody wants to go through, believe me. Um, right now, it, it's just a really big clusterfuck because, I mean, all this stuff that but the media is, is pushing out right now about all this information and the way that, you know, I don't know if passion has some sort of like, thing with Louisa right now because it's just nothing but him that's been posting stuff and I know everybody else is other like Ken Rosendahl and, and other people have been, been um, putting stuff out there um, and, and and I know I text you guys saying that I think they should fire him you know and, and I and I was like thinking to myself like if the time that I got in my situation and, and people would just say like you know just let me go you know and not give me a chance when they know that I'm a good person you know, I was like thinking about, I was like, you know, you got to like, I, I, I should have like rechecked my statement and I deleted what I said off of Twitter that it's a bad situation right now. No doubt about it. And you know, what would lose, what happened to LaRusso like right now, like this is not good timing for the Sox and especially where we're currently at, you know, fan base that's been waiting for this rebuild to finally come to, you know, what happened, what happened this season. Um, we've been waiting for such a long time. I mean, it's been it's been a long process, and obviously, this wasn't Rick Hahn's choosing. Obviously, this is solely on Jerry. Um, it, it's really tough. I mean, it's a really tough situation, and obviously, you know, like I, I said, what I said like earlier, but I, I'm kind of you know just retracting everything what I said. Like, I'm still going to give this guy a chance, whether or not anybody else does. I mean, it's a hard situation right now, and it does, it's not getting any better. The Sox need to do something about it as far as in a PR standpoint because right now everything is is just like a big clusterfuck right now, and it's just not getting any better. Uh, I don't think Jerry's going to fire him, and if he does, then, you know, he does. You know, it, it, but I, I just don't see somebody uh, like that uh, – that Jerry's going to do, um, especially one of his good friends. Like, I mean, he knows that he's a good uh, person. Um, obviously, you know, with the stuff that happened with like tweets and, and his political views and all that, you know, 
he said, you know, it, you know, in his interview, like, you know, when, when he got hired that, you know, he was, he, he was very humble, you know, in that, in that point um, during that interview and people, when something like that bad happens, you know, it could change somebody like what happened in my situation. It's changed me so much in my life that it's, it's, it's for the better. And a lot of people that, you know, they'll just go bad. Like, Oh, you got a DUI and stuff like that. Yeah. It's people make mistakes. There's not one person in this world that has never made a mistake in their life. And I obviously some are bigger than others, but I'm hoping, you know, just some, somebody who's been in a situation like that, that this has changed him in so many different ways. And obviously, you know, he doesn't want to talk about it right now. I don't know what, I don't know what it is, what's going on. It's, it's a bad situation. And I, you know, I don't know how to, you know, somebody can fix this right now. Um, but I don't know. I, I right now it's just a lot of mixed feelings. And, and, and like I said, it, it, you know, with Marcus Stroman coming out saying, I don't, you know, it's, it's going to take, it's not going to, you, you could throw the, the, as much money in the world out there, I, you know, I'm not coming over here. It, it did get me thinking about other things as well, too, as far as free agency and how it's going to badly hurt this team. So it's just to a point where, like, how do you fix this? You know, I, I mean, I like I said, I I didn't want to contradict myself earlier when I, t- I gave you guys that text. And, I, I'm, you know, I said I was going to give the benefit of the doubt of this guy when our first podcast. And like I said, coming from somebody who's been in a situation like that before, it, it's kind of like, you know – it's a sucky situation. It's probably the worst time to get something like this happening right now. But, you know, I, I, I kind of feel for Lewis right now I, I, as far as a reasoning standpoint. But it's a, I do agree with you guys. It's a, it's a bad, like, dump, uh, you know, dumpster fire right now. And it's how to fix this. I don't know, you know. So I got a couple of things um, taking from what you had mentioned, Johnny. And I know I do believe in second chances. Um, the problem is Tony had his second chance already. It's not like the first time this has happened. And the other thing is you mentioned maybe this changes him. At, at, at this point in his life, at 76 years old, how much do you change? He's stuck in his old ways, man. He's a like, grumpy-ass old man right exa- there. Exactly. It's not like this is a young guy or a player, you know, like when Lance Briggs crashed his Lamborghini on the highway or something like that. This guy's 76 years old, and he has a history of this stuff. So as much as, like, second chances work, like, I believe in second chances, at this point, when you're the head of the organization, like, you, like, like he's the face of the White Sox right now, he's the, he's the washed-up, catcher's bit, wrinkled, skin-of-a-hot-dog face of the company, or, like, of the, of the ball club, like, this is the perfect time to jump ship. Jerry made the mistake. He made the mistake of hiring him. I mean, it was it was obvious Rick Hahn had nothing to do with this. This is the perfect excuse to get rid of him before it gets any worse. Because it's not going to get better. As much as you say, oh, yeah, like, he's 76 years old and and he's, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer, brother. He, he, he told that to the, to the officer. It doesn't matter, you know? No, and besides that, like, one, you know, at this point, he was gearing up. It happened in February, so it's happening in Florida where the national – because he was, you know, the advisor an advisor for the national at the time. So, obviously, that he's – this probably reflects poorly on the nationals as well. But you you have the fucking money to call an Uber, dude. You know, like, what, what the fuck are you doing? 
you know, well, yeah, my whole my whole argument was that he probably has a flip phone and he doesn't know what an Uber exists. Well, now we now we kind of all know why that, you know, if anyone who watched that live presser the day he was hired, he looked like fucking shit because he probably just got out of a fucking county with a mugshot and fucking spent the night in jail or whatever. But I mean, this just absolutely just burns the quote Peter Griffin it grinds my gears. Yeah, you know, you you just... you had he's been the manager and take away the DUI for a second. He's been the manager now for eleven days, going on twelve. He has not hired a pitching coach, a bench coach, a hitting coach, a third base coach. And he hasn't even called the fucking player, Tim Anderson, being, you know, number one first phone calls, number one on speed dial right there. And A.J. Hinch gets hired a week later and already has his staff rounded out. Now, like, what the fuck are you waiting for? Besides the fact that all this is, you know, cloud is around him right now, why is he taking so long to even reach out to players and try to – you know, build a bridge and, you know, round out a staff. Like there seems to be no sense of urgency on him whatsoever. Like I don't need fucking, you know, senior citizen speed here, guys. Like, you know, we need to, and I don't want to offend any of the seniors listening out there, but you know, like, come on, like we need to pick up the pace here. Like, you know, people are going to start signing with other ball clubs pretty soon. And you're going to lose some of the top guys uh, that are out there. So unless the Sox are going to go full, you know, in-house, no-name, unproven coaches. It needs – he needs to, you know, put a sense of urgency on this because not only is he looking bad from a PR standpoint, but from a baseball standpoint, he hasn't done shit yet. And that's really troublesome to me. So we all know that this was – I mean, the optics of, of them hiring him have been bad from the beginning. And when this came out, they right away mentioned that they knew about this when, when they hired him. What are the chances, and, and, and this is something I, I, I had mentioned um, in passing, was what are the chances they didn't know about this? Because it would look so much worse if they didn't know about this. What's the point of them admitting that they did? It just, it just proves that they didn't care about DUIs. And they didn't care they didn't care that they had the best manager on the market available in AJ Hinch. And they basically just were saying that cheating baseball is more egregious than a DUI. Right. And even so it, even though and even though he admitted it, that we don't care that all the that either they don't care about the backlash they were gonna receive or that they didn't think no one was gonna find out about this. That they tried to bury this, and hopefully that with all of the COVID and you know court cases and, and being in, and I, I'm sorry, I think it might have been actually Arizona, not Florida, um, that it was going to be you know just you know non news that yeah. it was never going to come up. But would it surprise you? Like, what I'm saying is, would it surprise no. you if they no, said it would that, not? Oh yeah, we did. But then in in reality, they didn't because it totally makes sense that they didn't do it. They didn't know. It just makes them look better if they say, "Oh yeah, we knew about it and we hired him anyway." But because if because if if he didn't know, because if they if they did know, and he personally told Jerry, "Yeah, I got arrested for a DUI in February and 
or I got charged and now I got arrested. Like, like it's it makes Jerry look a million times worse. It just but to to not know that I mean fuck, dude. I yeah, that's that's worse. Yeah, in my head, as soon as they as soon as they released that statement that said we knew about it and we hired him anyway. My my thinking was they wanted to jump at, jump at it jump at this situation from the beginning, but it just looks so much worse, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, you're hundred percent right because they they didn't they just had this Scott Reifer Reifer you know message to Ken Rosenthal saying yeah we knew about this you know already and they still went ahead like there there was no official PR statement that came out on. Any other any other media channels? There, Rick Hahn was not doing any interviews, as far as I know, on you know any radio sports talk radio today. So they've been dark for 24 hours now, and I'm guessing they're just hoping that with the election and everything, that this is just going to you know blow by the typical media cycle, the news cycle, and it's going to get you know ignored again in a week, and then they can just go about their business, but. You know, local beat writers and local Chicago sports media is not going to let him get away, especially when they called him about it and he hung up on him with, I have no comment. Like, they are they are not going to let this go, especially when spring training starts again. This is going to be the, this is going to be such a distraction for the start of the season that, one, I think it's seriously going to hinder free agents coming here because they're not going to want to deal with this distraction. And number two... You know, it's just it's just uh you know, a powder keg waiting to explode when Tim Anderson throws his flips his first bat and Eloy, you know, jogs out there with looking like Razor Ramon. I mean, it this is this is gonna blow up and it's it's not gonna end well for, for the Sox and or for their fan base. It's just embarrassing. I mean, it's so tough being a Sox fan, being the stepsister, step stepchild in Chicago, and then us supporting them anyway, being loyal to a fault at times. And then I just moved into a place. I got my neighbors a big time Cubs fan. Every day we come home around the same time. Today he just laughed at me and he said, "You hired a drunk." And I just started laughing. Like, how am I supposed to defend this? You can't. Exactly. It sucks, and it sucks. Uh. Well, I think we're all in agreement that, you know, Sox need to make a change here, you know, whether it happens this season or maybe start before the start of the season that LaRusso is definitely not the guy and this is not going to go well. And I want to check with you guys before we move on to the other egregious issue of the week of the Bears offense. You guys have any last final thoughts about LaRusso? Johnny? Um, like I said, I mean, I've, I've, like I said, just in a personal standpoint, like I've, I've been in a situation where he has been, I get, I get the whole thing about like him being older. Um, it's just that there's, it, we all know that Jerry's a loyal person. And I, I kind of wanted to bring up something that, and obviously this is really nothing to do about, um, about about um, 
comparing apples and oranges over here, but um, I don't know if you guys remember um, uh, one of the groundskeepers that got convicted um, for for rape. rape. Do, do you remember this uh, Nevis Coleman uh, story? I, I do not. Please enlighten us. Okay, so uh, he was one of the groundskeepers uh, for the sex for, for a long time, and he actually got convicted for a uh, imprisonment for for life um, based upon an arrest uh, with a brutal rape and murder of a 20-year-old woman. And he they were they they sentenced him for life and all that and they uh they went back and they were doing a bunch of like um you know just more detective work about what happened in the case and obviously it turned out that he didn't he didn't do it um dna proved that you know he wasn't you know the the person who did it was somebody else you know some people might might look at that and be like you know well i don't know like you know yeah it, it might look you know <laughs> And obviously, this is not somebody who's like completely big or or anything like that, where it's gonna like affect an organization. But just like in the way that Jerry thinks is that you know this guy was with me when the stuff happened. I always you know trust and believed in him and all that. And he he actually got a World Series ring because he sh he knew that he he should have been a part of that um, that time when the Sox won the World Series. Um. When somebody's like that, you know, obviously I, I know I, I'm I'm just as pissed. I'm just as like frustrated with this because I'm a huge Sox fan. I was I, bo I, I was born about a mile away from from the park, so I'm frustrated as well too because I don't want anybody laughing at our at our team. Um, but as a standpoint with with Jerry is that you know he's just that that type of person who's just I think the loyalty sometimes goes so much where it, it it could hurt him you know obviously it hurt, it's hurting him right now with the whole russa thing but you know he, i mean it's hurt, you know he, it's he's hurt him at, for 20 years 25 years though i mean it's not just yeah that's a nice story but it's not just the larusa loyalty you know it's guard packs it's jerry Krause. no it's, i understand i understand that. that's what i'm Lane. saying it, it you know it it does it does it does hurt yeah it does hurt him and obviously that's that's one of his big faults as well too you know getting back to with the bull stuff um but you know like i said i mean i'm frustrated as, uh, about this as well too you know obviously I, I don't think there's really a big fix other than to to let him go because there's at this point like you're right it's it's going to keep continue lingering on it's going to continue hurting us as we go along with this and like I said, like Marcus Shom is just one person. Like you don't know if it's going to affect anybody else as far as like other free agents, but it, it could be definitely be a domino effect with this whole thing. And like I said, how to fix it? I don't know. But I mean, you know, I mean, to a point where like, you know, if it's going to be firing him, like I'm not going to say no either, you know, because it's just like a bad PR thing that's going on right now. And like I said, I, I don't. I, I personally don't know how to fix it. I'm, I'm glad I'm not in this situation, but as a Sox fan, it is very frustrating as well too for, for myself. And just like I said, I mean, I know we're going to go on to the next subject. It's going to frustrate me even more, but, um, well, you know, but yeah, I, I, like, I agree with you guys, you know, you know, speaking of, speaking of firing, is it, is it time to tear down the whole bears organization pace, Nagy, all of it and, and start over because, I'm thinking that you know, Ryan Pace hung his hung his you know his coat on Mitch Trubisky and didn't work out, and now they're paying for it. And 
I I think after watching that Bears game on on Sunday that and I, first I'll, I'll admit that you know after I think it was like the first or second drive of the third quarter I think after Foles threw an interception I kind of just tuned out that and headed out his background noise because you know I, I couldn't watch it anymore it was pitiful pathetic to watch but I I'm not so sure now that it's it's not just Nagy I think it's a whole systematic teardown of personnel and coaching and all this that needs to just be built from the ground up again. Well, here's the problem. And I, and it's not, I, I would agree with you. I mean, Ryan Pace has been a bust. Matt Nagy cannot coach. Mitch Trubisky was a bust. So yeah, you have to tear it all down. The problem is if you look at it from the standpoint of the McCaskies, Matt Nagy was coach of the year two years ago. And Ryan Pace, I believe, still has another year on his contract. And as of now, they're still five and four. Yeah, they're terrible, and they're the worst five and four team in the league. But they're still five and four. So now, as long as they keep being competitive, not to us, but to the owners, you you could say that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy have done enough to keep their jobs. Not to us, but to the owners. And that's what that's where. If you look at it that way, I just don't see the McCaskies pulling the trigger, even though I would want to. So I will say this, and I think you have a certain point there with the McCaskies that they're looking through it with blinders on, because even though everyone wants to talk about 2018 and the and you know going 12 and four and playoffs and you know all that, the Bears were still in the bottom third in the league in offense that year. The defense, which was phenomenal with had six takeaways I'm sorry six six defensive touchdowns and like 30 some interceptions for that season like they were just giving the Bears great field position where the defense or the offense didn't have to do much but that offense under Nagy despite all his fancy trick plays it was still mediocre offense I even agree. when even when Mitch would had his quote-unquote career year they were still a fucking terrible offense by NFL standards, but everyone wants to look at that seat, the record, and and say, yeah, well, they made the playoffs. Nagy, coach of the year, and all this. Okay, so he had his Santa Claus or sleigh ride, whatever the fuck play it was that he renamed, and they were all fun and cute. But when you're still like 23, 24, ranked in NFL in NFL offense in the year, okay, you think new coach, new system might be a little bad. Next year, you're even worse. Now you're – I think – I haven't looked at the new stats, but going into week nine, they were like 30th in the league in in uh, NFL offense. So, yeah, it's – it's it, it, Nagy is not the coach that needs – that's going to lead this team. And Pace making some personnel moves, pick some good ones, but more bust no. than – No, he has maybe two good ones. Well, yeah, I mean, you, could, you cannot defend Ryan Pace. I, I am not defending Ryan Pace whatsoever, but I will say that, you know, he did draft Eddie Jackson. You know, he did draft Roquan. He pulled off the trade for Cleo Mack. Now, you could say that that sent off, that sent back the, the, the franchise a couple of years by trading two number one draft picks. On, on the defensive side, he made some good picks. On the offensive side, it's, you know, fucking. Uh, what's his, what's his face, uh, from 
Bears old GM. I can't remember his name right now. Jerry Angelo. It's fucking Jerry Angelo on offense all over again. So, I mean, I, I pretty much am not expecting the Bears to go much farther this season, maybe another win or two. I think they're probably a 7-8 win team at the at best. But that's not going to help them in draft positioning for getting, you know, a top guy or even a quarterback. Because I don't – I'll be honest, I don't follow much college football. Johnny, I know you do to a certain extent. I don't know who's who's there after Trevor. Who do, who do you go There with? isn't. There's no other. There's there's no other quarterbacks, and and plus the the way, the way where the Bears are are set right now with you know with the five wins that's that's more. You're not going to get a good quarterback at, at this. I mean, maybe in the later rounds. I'm not saying that there's not quarterback out there you could find like in the later rounds because I mean obviously, I mean it's one in a million that you're going to find another Tom Brady. But you know you never know what happened. But yeah, they're not going to get anybody good at this point. Um. I said this before, I, Jason. I was I, I was with you with, with that Bears game. I turned it off after halftime. I couldn't take it anymore. Um, I personally think that they should just blow the whole team up. Again, I mean, they're not going to do I, it. I You're right, you. Peter, because these are the McCaskey. Yeah. Because these are the McCaskies. That's the they're just that's the way that they're built. Um, but if if you were, gonna, I don't want to bring up uh, you know more frustration, but like with the Sox, like. If they were if they were smart enough, like I mean, look, I mean, they they should just try to get enough draft picks. Try to kind of like what I I don't know if Gruden was doing that too when when he came as a coach, but you need to get you need to get rid of everybody. It's just not working. This defense is going to waste. Like we can have the best defense right now, and it's still, it's still top ten, but you're you don't have an offense to 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 back it up. They can't even. I mean, defensively, like they would have to score so many touchdowns to to, to have to win a game, and it's just frustrating to see because there's it's the, the offensive line stinks, the quarterback stinks, the play calling stinks. Magnaghi has a big ego. He just doesn't want to get rid of all. You know, he he does. He just wants to control everything. It's just frustrating from top to bottom as far as the organization. Organization. It's just the same old bullshit that keeps on going on. Yeah, we had a good run in 2018. We had a good start this year, but that was that was the worst five and one team I've ever seen because we just we kept on winning by towards the end. And obviously, I know a win is a win, but at this point, like I say, we should blow it up, but it won't happen because we still have that one thing that it, it's just gonna help. We're just gonna continue holding us back, and it's McCaskies. Bears right now are 28th in the league in yards per game, and they are uh, 27th in the league in points per game, in points, total points. Uh, so definitely, you know, not, you know, in improving standards under year three of Nagy in any sense, but it all it all hangs back to Ryan Pace, Drafting the wrong guys, not putting us in the position to to win. Um, and honestly, guys, the Bears defense, you know, as much as it gets, you know, vaunted, you know, right now, they are ninth in the league in yards per game. So, you know, Bears defense, you know, kind of in that top 10, bottom of the top 10, you know, and giving up, you know, points per game, points, you know, t- yards per game. Definitely not getting the the uh, interceptions and the turnovers as they used to. Right now, they're minus three 
on differential. So how much, but how much of that is them being on the field for that? That is, that is an excellent you know? point because like, they're, you know, they're you're, top, you're, they're, top, they're still top 10 with even a little bit of help from their offense. They could easily be top five. This defense is still good. So here's it a, uh, here's a nightmare scenario that I, I was looking at today. And, and I'll, I want to get your thoughts because we've been talking about blowing up the team and we would all like to do it. We don't know if the McCassies are going to do it. But the NFL, and uh, they all approved expanding the playoffs in case um, any COVID games get canceled. This, this, this happened yes, or today. And right now, as of now, the Bears would, if that were to happen, the Bears would be in the playoffs. Yes, they would. It's and it's the Blackhawks all over again because the exactly. Blackhawks should have no business being in the playoffs, and they fucked up a chance at the number one overall pick by exactly. So here's what I'm saying: if if some something were to happen, which is is a possibility of games getting canceled, and the Bears somehow rattle out, they still have winnable games. They got the Jaguars left. They have the Lions left. They've got, they got two games. against Minnesota, but even Minnesota looks better than them right now. Well, yeah, Minnesota looks decent, but they got a run where they got the Lions, Texans, Vikings, Jaguars. They could easily go three and one in those in those games, and I'm not saying they will because their offense stinks. But you could see them beating those teams. Yeah, if they make the playoffs, there's no way they're blowing this thing up. No, that, no, you're 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 100 right on that. You know, I, maybe Nagy has to fire his offensive coordinator or give up play clock or something. But if they make the playoffs again, it, it's definitely going to be another status quo for 2021. And then we're going to be doing this podcast a year from now saying the same exact thing. It's, it's the Matthew McConaughey. It's time is a flat circle. Exactly. Uh, guys, we got a couple minutes left before we wrap things up. And I promised uh, Baloney here that I'd let him rattle off his master's picks for the weekend. So <laughs> Mr. Below, yeah, the floor is yours. Yeah, man, I'm excited. It's is, nasty, is, it's is Leach is, is Lee Tre- is Lee Trevino playing? <laughs> Lee Trevino is not playing. Chichi Rodriguez, RIP. I think he's dead. He's not playing as well. But we got a pretty good. Field, oh, he's dead. And I am pumped. I don't know. Actually, we should probably check that. I I might have killed him prematurely, but I'm pretty. Yeah, prematurely. I don't want to. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out right now. Go ahead. All right. Anyway, I'm pumped. As everyone knows, it's the first year uh, Illinois sports betting is legal. And I'm just saying, even if you're not into golf, if you pop a couple of dollars here and there on a couple of players, this weekend could get fun for everyone. So uh, who are your picks? Here we go. So obviously the favorite to win it all, Bryson DeChambeau, is at plus 700. I can't say it's a great bet betting the favorite but at this point this guy is bombing the ball i would go i'll give you five takes bryson is one of them plus 700. the second and third pick i got are two guys that did good last year they're both hitting the ball really well xander shoffley at plus 1400 and patrick cantley at plus 2500 that's easy or at least to win it all plus 2500 pretty good odds so like dark that. horses, some dark horses. You can never count out Tiger. I, there's you not taking you're not, you're not high on the 2019 Masters. And you know, you know he knows that course. Back, yeah, no, I'm saying 
Tiger at plus four thousand. You have to at least put a put five bucks on Tiger, and then you root for him on Sunday. You got and the Sunday up. Reds on walking down, walking down then, seventeen. You know, you know what that means. And then my super dark horse, I have to fit this guy. He's a Mexican. My boy Abraham Answer plus ten thousand to win it. Oh, going with the dark saying, sleeper here. I'm just saying, it's a couple of dark horses, a couple of favorites. It just makes your golf experience a little bit more fun. And then a couple of prop bets or a couple things just to close it out. Top lefty. Bubba Watson, there's only three lefties in the field. It's Phil Mickelson, Mike Rear, Bubba. Bubba's at minus 250. Even if it's minus money, it's super easy. He's not losing to Phil or Mike Weir. Right, top, Brit top British and Irish player, Rory's at plus 225. Terrell Hands at plus 425. I like this at plus 750. Manny Fitzpatrick, that guy's been playing awesome for three years. All he's got to do is beat the rest of the Brits and Irish, and you're cashing in money. That's all I got. Enjoy the Masters. It's my favorite weekend of the year. And we're getting two majors back-to-back, -back, two Masters back-to-back, -back, so I'm pumped. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm not a big golf guy, but I always you know, get hooked on the Masters because especially with Tiger dominating that course, it's must-see TV, yeah. so, especially, especially when that Saturday, that Saturday tee-off comes. You know, you're, you're, you crack open – you know, a nice little uh, rum and coke there, and you sit back and you let Tiger do his thing. Well, that and I'll I'll, I'll make a list and I'll post it to uh, the Chicago Sports Bum Twitter so you can sprinkle some bets here and there. And the last thing I'll say is this year's Masters they promised to start Sunday early, so it's not going to interfere with the afternoon football games. It's going to be an awesome day of sports on Sunday. Well, we'll definitely have that on TV too. You know. Because probably I, I've gotten to the point where bears are no longer going to be, you know, TV one. It's going to be they're going to be relegated to TV two going forward. Well, they're Monday Night Football, so we don't have to worry about the Bears this week. It's all even better, even better. I'll, then I'm I'm I'll golf this weekend. So, hey guys, I want thanks for joining hey, us. Hey guys, on the Chi Chi's still Chichi's still alive. Uh, I can't believe I did. There, that. there you go. You heard it here. Chichi is I'm not sorry. dead. Chicago Sports Bum breaking news exclusive. We have confirmed that Chichi is not dead. But, guys, thanks for joining us hey, and thing, uh, giving us your takes one thing, on. One thing before uh, we sign off, because tomorrow is Veterans Day. Uh, so, you know, I just want to thank all of the military forces out there for your hard work and just just keeping our country safe. Um, you, you know, everybody, the veterans and, and who are currently serving, thank you for your service out there. So. Yes, thank you to all the vets. And if you're not a vet and you plan on going to mattress from the Hawkins deal on a 60% off mattress, you're just a fucking asshole. Because today, tomorrow is for the veterans. So let them, you know, give a call to your uh, uncle, your dad, whoever, anyone who served. Tell them that you love them. Tell them thank you. Guys, thanks so much for uh, joining us. We'll uh, hopefully have another podcast after the Bears uh, maybe win. Or if Larusa maybe gets fired, who knows. But. For the original Southside Bum, for Baloney, I am HBIC. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. I love you, Jason Said. <laughs>